welcome to the Roll Point Exchange, and tonight we are doing another roll-up. So, Aaron has suggested we do this new little game. It's just been out a little while. It's called... Pathfinder. Pathfinder, yes. And we are fortunate enough to have some experienced Pathfinder joining us today. Starting at the top of the alphabet. Adam, would you call them Pathfinders? Pathfinders, yes. <laughs> we are playing Andromeda. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've been had. Anyway. Introduce yourself, Aaron. Oh, well, I'm running the game, so I didn't know I was introducing myself. Oh, you ought to, because we're doing a talkie right now. Y'all are still so good at the alphabet. I Look, man, I know <laughs> that I come first. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm Aaron. I'll be running the game. I'm not creating a character this time. Hello out there, Radio Land. Awesome. And next. Hello, welcome to Row Point Shane. This is Adam, and today we're doing a row up for Pathfinder. Now, Aaron has suggested this game, so Aaron doesn't have to introduce himself or anything like that, do you, Aaron? No, I guess I don't. <laughs> okay. So, hey, I'm Adam. I'm playing. I'm going to introduce myself again, and I've never played Pathfinder, so I'm looking forward to this. Hey there, this is David. Um, I actually have played Pathfinder a lot, and um, so I'm here as the veteran to help out. Hey, I'm Ethan. I've uh, also been playing Pathfinder for a long time, uh, ever since the playtest, so I've been playing over on uh, the Adventures Vault, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast for a while, so uh, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to jump in. I'm Joe. I've never played Pathfinder. Where do we begin, gentlemen? It looks like uh, a daunting task at the moment, but I'm sure that with your guidance, we can do this well. What are we using to do this, perhaps? Well, we could do it the hard way, which would involve paper, pencils, and the book, and lots and lots of reading. Or we can cut through all of that, and uh, we'll just use the Pathfinder 2nd Edition Character Builder software. Uh, there is an app that is great to have on your phone, especially if you're doing in-place game, because that way you can keep track of all of the fiddly bits right there on the phone. But since we're in various different locales uh, spread around and we're getting together through the magic of the internet, um, why don't we just use the web version of it? That sounds great. And I wanted to apologize to Aaron a little bit earlier. I would really love for our GM to go ahead and roll up a character as well, because, you know, it's all about learning, Aaron. So join us today, buddy. Uh, okay. I'll tell you what, can you all do, we'll do like a little brief history section here, because I've always heard of Pathfinder in the peripheries. I've had a lot of friends that have played D&D, and some of them have had Pathfinder games that I've heard about, and I don't really know the different so i don't want to you know you don't have to regale me with all the the history of it but i mean what is it how is it different than dungeons and dragons and so forth well if you don't mind me stepping on that particular grenade dungeons and dragons has had a number of different iterations um if i can put in my reminiscent teeth i remember when i started playing dungeons and dragons back in the days of thaco um i started with as was the style at the time. Yeah, I uh, I started playing D&D back in high school, which uh, was back in second edition. And they tried to make it a lot easier when they made third edition D&D. 
but they realized that they had made a couple of mistakes and some of the math didn't add up as well as it could have. Um, third edition was one of those systems that could break fairly easily if you put it under the wrong kind of pressure. And so they tried to fix a lot of that, but still keep the parts of third edition that worked and they made what they called 3.5. Um, when they decided to make fourth edition, which everybody has kind of regarded as a mistake, um, they left all of the stuff that was sitting around for 3.5 just right out there. And um, that's when Paizo decided that they would like to use the open gaming license and just use this really good system that was already existing and do what they could with it. And so Paizo basically took 3.5. Um, they made a fantasy role-playing system that was basically Dungeons & Dragons, but with a lot of the specific bits that were copyrighted just removed and replaced so like the the dungeons and dragons pantheon uh was basically taken out and then they put in the pathfinder pantheon instead they made their own world um they made their own adventures and everything and as a matter of fact there's a there is a wealth of online adventures out there through the pathfinder society and it's it's really a great community, but they basically just took everything from the open gaming license and they just ran with it. And they they made a really really good product. And after it had caught on for a while, rather than just continuing to make Dungeons and Dragons 3.5, the knockoff, because that's what a lot of the haters said. It was like, well, you didn't do anything original. You just took all of this work that had been laid for you. And they said, well, it was abandoned work anyway, so why not? But then they made second edition and second ed fixes a lot of the problems of first edition because to be fair, even though D&D 3.5 was better than 3.0, it's still prone to breakage. There are still so many different ways that you can make a build that will just shatter the game. And that that's the history in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I've really started thinking about it more so with, and, you know, earlier this year in 2023, when, you know, D&D &D was starting to do their stuff and a lot of people fled from, I even canceled our D&D &D Beyond account. It, to be honest, we didn't really use it much, but I've, I've definitely had a renewed interest in this and I'm looking forward to it. Ellen, one of the things that I've loved about Paizo since the very beginning is that they have tried very hard to make an inclusive product. If you look at the icons, which are basically their demonstration characters, mm -hmm. um, they have a fairly good representation of different genders, um, the LGBTQ LGBTQIA plus community is very well represented. Um, not just that, but um, how do I put this in the nicest possible way? All sizes and all shapes of peoples are represented there. One of their iconic characters is canonically overweight, specifically because of the fact that they wanted to make sure that there was representation for people who are of a certain size which mm -hmm. is a lovely, lovely thing. Um, they wanted to make sure that Pathfinder is the game for literally everyone. And I, I just love that about them. 
Awesome. So we are going to be using a combination, as mentioned beforehand, of, uh, well, we're using the same character creator, which we will provide links in the show notes for. But, you know, some of us are using the phone app. Some of us are using the uh, actual web based app and all but it's it's a free service i think the phone ethan you were mentioning that there is uh, some benefits to paying for the phone app uh yeah so the there's both a phone app and a web browser based version of it the phone app is only available on uh android if you're on uh on iphone sorry but uh you're out of luck but if you pay for the uh, what i think it's about five dollars uh, you get some extra functionality for pets uh you also get cloud-based backups so you can save your character not only to have it backed up in case something happens to your phone but you can hop back and forth between the browser version and the phone app which is really handy quick question as i'm going through the phone app here are we going to be doing this with the core rules only or what's your all's take on this it looks like there's other options too there's a lot of other options. The main thing would be if Aaron wants to allow this game with the alternate progression or automatic bonus progression and or free archetype, both of which are kind of cool options, but free archetype does add an extra layer of complexity because you are making extra choices every two levels. What sounds good to y'all? Honestly, for us starting out, core rulebook would be more my speed, to be honest with you. Well, to be fair, um, I appreciate that as well. Um, but I also like the flavor of playing around a little bit with some of the uh, some of the add-ons. So perhaps um, allowing uncommon races as opposed to just the common. I've played enough elves in my time that I am kind of sick of pointy-eared elves. So is it okay if we branch out just a teensy bit? Yeah, I mean, that's totally fine. Sure. Branching out for those who want it, no branching out for those who don't. Okay. Tiny American flags for all. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm awesome. Glad you got it, though. <laughs> I love it. So it looks like it's I guess a glance at the character sheet here and all that is pretty much I think our first step is deciding we're gonna be deciding our ancestry background and class. So Indeed. Exactly right. It's a handy mnemonic device, which is near kryptonite for us, but you have to use your ABCs. Oh, <laughs> oh no. The alphabet, our one weakness. <laughs> it's like cheese to a dog, like kryptonite to Superman. Or like yeah. cheese-filled kryptonite to Superdog. <laughs> His name Let's... is Crypto? <laughs> just kind of go ahead and just, I'm going to throw mine out there. I don't want to, you know, there's several of us here. I don't want to hog all the time on this. I, I honestly tend to, when I start out in one of these games, I tend to go with like human or something kind of middle of the road and all that, I guess is the advantages to being a human about the same as in Dungeons and Dragons. Just... Kind of, sort of. Um, because if you take a look at uh, the human, basically humans get two free ability boosts. So the big thing about them is that they're versatile. Um, you get just pick the abilities that you want as opposed to, um, say, for instance, the elf. The elf is going to have ability boosts to dex, intelligence, and then a free one, but then they have to take a hit to constitution. Humans basically just get pick two ability or pick two attributes and just add. 
Um, okay. Humans also get an additional language. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically that's the thing. Humans are about as vanilla as you can get, but they have that tiny bit of extra versatility. Hey, what's it mean? Not so much as uh, once upon a time, though, when they were like, play human, get a free feat. Because yes. they were trying to like encourage people to play as humans. They all really have, I don't know, a lot of uh, diversity as far as like your background feats you can take. And Indeed. You know what? I'm going to break out of my comfort zone. I'm going to be a goblin. Fuck it. Oh, I've that'll never, be fun. I've never been a goblin. So. Oh, Ripley's a frog person? Yep. That's awesome. And Pathfinder goblins are a little bit fun. Um, there's a reason why they are the unofficial series mascot. Um, mm-hmm. So as a goblin, you get a mouthful of teeth that will grow back like a shark's every time that you lose them. Um, you are absolutely enamored with fire. And... Uh, Pathfinder goblins believe that words ensnare your soul, so they generally don't read unless otherwise. At least that's the way that they were in first edition. They actually took away the whole, you can scare goblins with words in second ed, because they turned into one of the favorite classes. But on the other hand, as a goblin, you get the bonus of, you can eat anything. Literally anything. Eat horses, too. (laughs) You want horses? They hate him. Yeah. Absolutely hate him. I uh, hate <laughs> horses, hate dogs. Um, also believe that your weapons should be full of holes because that makes you, quote, swing them faster, end quote. So they don't understand physics. All right. It's like Warhammer 40K orcs. They're like, we painted that one red so it would go faster. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. They have psychic abilities, so it actually works. <laughs> Red really does make it go faster. Charisma boost. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm liking this. What's everybody else thinking so far as we go across the table? Well, I'm going to roll up a Kitsune Sorcerer. Um, picking Sorcerer because, um, as the experienced player, I should go for the spell casting. It can be a little bit of a learning curve, so why don't I take that? Fair enough. And one like- of the different Sorcerer bloodlines... Um, because that's the other thing that you get to pick, is um, Phoenix. So that's going to give me the ability to both heat and heal. So I can basically throw fire, or I can also patch this up. So kind of doing double duty. I can be our burner, but I can also be our patcher-upper. So if somebody else wants to go cast, that's great. If not, I've got it kind of covered. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I'm kind of like Adam in that generally I often default to human just as a matter of, uh, I don't know, it's just if I have nothing else in mind for the character, I tend to just go human. Yeah. So I am, I think I kind of also want to try and uh, mix it up a little bit here. Kind of maybe feeling cat folk. Oh, cat folk are fun. Sorry. Yeah, get a little like. There's a lot you can. There's a lot you can riff on with that. I'm at the bar and I gently tap a patron's cup right off the table. <laughs> I'd like a bourbon and cream, please. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy on the cream, make it a double. Just lapping it. You you could play Puss in Boots. I could. 
I've absolutely done in uh, 5e. I've played a uh, tabaxi rogue swashbuckler. Nice. <laughs> it took about like four sentences of me doing a Spanish accent. Someone was like, you're pussing boots, aren't you? And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> My God damn it, you weren't supposed to notice this quick. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking cat folk. It's good for a few different classes I kind of have in mind, depending on what other people want to do. So I guess we'll get into that in just a second then. Uh, hey, Joe, what about yourself, man? I'm going to play the human. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to play Dan Backslide. So <laughs> I hope you're all prepared. <laughs> Are you going to be a detective? No. Dan Backslide is a rogue. He's a yeah, absolutely he is. He's a coward, bullied cat, and thief. Yes. <laughs> Unhand her, Dan Backslide. Unhand her, Dan Backslide. Unhand her, Dan Backslide. Say, I think we're getting in a rut. Awesome. Adam skipped over me, uh, even though he, he himself requests that I create a character. <laughs> I'm sorry. Once again, those ABCs are kicking our ass. Uh, I'm playing a fetchling. Oh, that's fine. Because they sound cool. So fetchlings, if you're not familiar, are basically fey creatures that could basically be described as avatars of caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty, uh, pretty out there... Uh ancestries not just like some of the uncommon but like you can play as a puppet yeah i saw you can be a skeleton <laughs> you can be a skeleton dude you can be a skeleton and one of the feats is you just play dead as in you turn into a pile <laughs> of bones it's the best what well, this does seem like it's, it's going to lead away to uh some nice little wacky hatching so i've been kind of peeking through here so the next thing you had to select on a character sheet. Looks like it's a background, and mm-hmm. the web page was so was showing like, oh, you could be a barkeep. And I think that's cool and all, but as I, I, I originally thought I was going to be a cook, a uh, book, and then I saw a barrister, and I thought that was barista, and I got really excited for a, a second. But I don't know what would be more goofy and fun than a detective goblin. I mean, that sounds not, like a good time. I'm not making him to be effective. I'm making him to be entertaining for me. So absolutely uh, played a barrister cleric before a cleric who in his previous <laughs> life was a cleric. <laughs> I used to, I used to log, I used to clerk for a judge and now I clerk for God. <laughs> so depending on which God, that's super fun. <laughs> Cause remember this, this game does have the, um, how do I describe him? There is uh, one particular god who basically became a deity entirely because of a dare. Caden Kalian. Yeah, Caden Kalian. Go into that room and touch the rock, and it's either going to kill you or it's going to deify you. And so there were three of them that touched it, and Caden did it because he was rip roaring drunk and thought it sounded like a good idea. Like blackout, can't remember how it happened, but he's like, all right. Like, you know, you wait, some people wake up on a bathroom floor. He woke up as a god on, you know, <laughs> Mount Pathfinder Olympus. <laughs> and he then decided that his, um, his pantheon or like, how do I put it? His profile is 
uh, drinking good, slavery bad, freedom awesome. There we go. <laughs> Checks out. Sounds good. Okay. So I'm a detective. Uh, who, who else has decided their background? Um, I went with servant. Okay. Because I've kind of got a little backstory going here. Um, and I think that it will serve fairly well. Orphan Kitsune picked up by rich family. They went, hey, this is going to make for a great exotic servant until he grew up and found out that he was a sorcerer. And then they booted him out because how dare the servant be stronger than us. I can see that. And so learning a little bit of etiquette and protocol also helps with um, a little bit of min-maxing. Let's, let's mm-hmm. be real. Um, it's one of the backgrounds that gives a bonus to charisma which as a sorcerer is my spellcasting stat, so yay. But also explains why I have no real ties to a single area, so I can just wander the world with all of you fine people. Oh, cannot wait. (laughs) I am leaning a little bit towards Gladiator. Ooh. Not only do I like the sound of it, it seems appropriate or potentially, uh, I don't know what Adam has in mind, but it sounds like we've got our our caster. It sounds like we've got our rogue. So uh, I may end up going with a martial kind of character. Mm-hmm. So it would be fitting, but I'm not married to it, of course. I'm pretty flexible. But yeah. uh, gladi- Catfolk Gladiator just has a certain ring to it. I like that. Bounty Hunter is admittedly tempting, though. I, I did look at that one, too. Well, I'm not sure if you can be a bounty hunter if you're a cat. Don't you have to be a dog for that? <laughs> Man. Brutal. Got me on a technicality. It, the reference was to dog, dog the bounty hunter who looks like 80 miles of bad road on a good day. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. He does. Yeah. Road hard and put up wet. <laughs> it looks like Rocksteady. Is it Rocksteady or Bebop that was a warthog? I think Bebop's the warthog. <laughs> now that you mention it, he does money of the fathers of uh, rich and beautiful heiresses. Sure. They don't even have to be that beautiful. Also, if I'm merely attractive. Solid. I'm, I'm a wonderful man. <laughs> Just a real <laughs> stand-up guy. <laughs> Me, a lady, a maiden, lost her bar- bobbles to your trade. <laughs> I will be a haunted citizen. I grew up in a region where undead lurk everywhere. This could be a domain as small as a vampire's pipe or as vast as the nation of East Alaw. I don't know what that means. So Florida. Okay, got it. As an ever-present concern, the undead greatly shaped your life. Living with fear became an everyday skill, as did pleading for your life. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That's one thing I really like about Pathfinder is that as opposed to 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, which has about nine backgrounds, uh, Pathfinder, even just by default, has several that are both thematic and interesting. And they've added some really cool ones, like Time Traveler. Uh, Wonder Taster seems pretty cool. Time Traveler. If only I'd seen that first, I wouldn't be a detective. Huh? I'd be a Time Traveler. There's there's some like like time traveler that are uh, they're tagged as rare because they are a little like less balanced than some of the others. 
Yeah. But they are very cool thematically. Adam, I'm guessing for class you're going investigator. I, I was looking on it here on the app. I'm going through, like, I just see Alchemist Barbarian, Druid, all those right here. Where would I find investigator? All classes. Or, or it's under expanded. Uh, it's under all. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's under both. I'll be damned. I don't see it on my app. It's between inventor and kineticist. I apparently have fucked up from the very beginning. Did you disable the APG by any chance? I am going back to pick out my goblin all over again. I will not answer <laughs> this question. Where's the APG? You should be able to toggle that back on without starting all, all the way over. Let's see. New character, manage rule books. They call it the advanced player's guide, but it's kind of just like player options too. Go ahead, guys. I, I think, honestly, what I'm kind of waiting on too is to see what everybody else is kind of picking too. So what's what are y'all thinking so far for... Well, I was going to go with Investigator. If you wanted to create a detective, I can pick something else. Oh, go go for that. I, I, I would totally be fine with that. I mean, well, but I mean Aaron is not in the party. Yeah, I'm I not just... a player character. That is true. He could be a rival character. <laughs> it's a, go ahead and have fun with man. There could be two. You know, he can be a good. witch. What's the difference between a witch and a wizard? I swear to God, the first one of you that says genitals. <laughs> no, actually, there is a very, very big difference between. Um, it's how you pull your spells. A wizard uses a spell book. A witch gets their spells from their familiar slash patron. Um, huh. The wizard spells are all about um, Wadley taught me how to do this to nuke the room, whereas the witch spells tend to be a little bit more natural. So witch spells are um, usually from the primal spell list as opposed to the arcane spell list. And then the other thing to keep in mind is that you don't have as many flashy nuke the room spells, but you also have a more versatile list that includes some healing. Ah, You're very uh, like warlock. Yeah. Ish. yeah, you get a lot of like familiar benefits that other classes would have to feed into. Yes, and your spell list is a lot more versatile, but it is also less specialized. You're not going to be the blaster by any means, but you're also not going to be the party's super duper healer. But you can do a little bit of both. You can also throw a lot of status effects. Ah, that's so. Cool. So that's basically the difference. Um, witches get access to one of the really fun spells, which is prehensile hair. So you could literally whip your hair back and forth. I've decided I'm going to go with Gunslinger. All right. That sounds, sounds good. Sounds like two of us are also already decided on their uh, class. Yeah. I went ahead and took Investigator. It makes sense with the detective background. Yeah. And I, of course, took Rogue. Because you are a coward, bully, cad, and thief? Yeah, but uh, no, n none of coward, bully, cad, or thief were available, and I figured Rogue, Rogue was the closest to come. <laughs> cad absolutely should be a There's class. a ruffian racket that may... Eh? I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from here, do we set abilities? Well, it, uh, it looks like... Uh, uh, David has already said he's going with Sorcerer, so it does sound like we need a little bit of a front line here. So, mm -hmm. I'm so, a little little back and forth between Barbarian and Fighter. 
both of those are good. Fighter in Pathfinder 2nd Edition is just the the version of the fighter you always wanted to be. Instead of, I rolled a swing, I rolled a swing again. You uh, You hit hard, you hit often, and there's a lot of really cool feats to it. Bar- mm. Barbarian, though, could be very, uh, I don't know. Somewhat more atavistic? I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with Barbarian. Um, Fighter is a great class, and I, I have not played it yet, and I want to play it at some point. But Catfolk Barbarian just... <laughs> ah, something about it that... Catfolk Barbarian. <laughs> just something about it that just feels right. I could already hear your battle cry of... <laughs> <laughs> They call me the mountain lion. I finally, I finally <laughs> caught the laser pointer, and it's nothing. I can't claw it. I rage immediately. <laughs> I miss you. Thank you for jumping in here. Oh, if you're God. looking for a name, I think Atapult is available, or Atastrophe. <laughs> okay, I see. Oh, those are two of my favorite cats. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what about a chlism? This is just turning into a George Wallace Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now Ethan's got his class. That's everyone, right? Yep. Oh, I get a negative to wisdom. It's like I've already already should be playing a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when talking about abilities, keep in mind what your core ability is going to be. Um, and then when you look at your set abilities, you'll notice that there are basically four different sections. So there's your ancestry, which gives you a set, couple of them. Then your background, which gives you a set couple. And then your class boost. But then you have four points to put in wherever you want. So That's something I really like about this game is how flexible they are with letting you just more or less pick what you want. Like you can very easily come up with a rate her ancestry background class and not feel pigeonholed and still come out with like an 18 and something. Yes. Like I will tell you that uh, for my ancestry, for instance, um, I have to pick charisma as one. And then I've got my choice between um, our Dex is the one that it, or charisma is locked. And then I've got my choice of the other five. Yeah, And then for background, I have to pick Charisma, and then I've got my choice of the other five. For class, I've got Charisma. And then out of the free boosts, I've got four to pick where I'm going to put them. So I basically went Dex, Charisma, Dex, Charisma, Charisma, and then Con, Dex, and Charisma. So I've actually got 118, 116, a pair of 12s, and then two 10s. Uh, David, we, we went for the exact same free boost, which is cool. Condex and, and charisma. Very awesome. Ah, uh, there's a there's a lot of dexterous, charismatic folks in this party. <laughs> I get a default boost to my charisma, so. If I I figure if I'm gunslinging, I should be dexterous. Oh yeah. Um, it's probably better for you to be dexterous and have a high wisdom. Um, not to tell you how to play your character or how to min max, but your Basically, all of your gunslingy tricks are based off of your grit pool, which um, I believe scales off of wisdom. Oh, okay. Well, 
that'll work. But on the other uh, hand, having a high uh, charisma allows you to not just be a good gunslinger, but also to be an intimidating one. So you yeah. can shoot the lock off of the treasure chest, um, shoot the weapon out of somebody else's hand, and then you can threaten them very effectively because you just shot a bullet. I shot two. Oh. Yeah, and David mentioning uh, intimidation is why I'm going to take charisma as my final fourth free boost. Yeah, my my standard ability selection or my ancestral ancestral boost. I went one pawn and one dexterity. Background boost one charisma, one strength. I get a a dexterity boost for class anyway. So yeah, I'll go con wisdom, dex intelligence. Wisdom and intelligence are pretty much the same thing as in Dungeons and Dragons, right? Uh, yes. More or less, wisdom in, in this game is not like a uh, dump stat for basically everybody but wizard, because you actually get a lot of um, you get more skills trained in it. Yeah. Not only that, but there's a lot more lores um, available, yeah. and so since lore scales off of your int, and the number of languages you get scales off of your int, it's less of a dump stat. Okay. Although I would suggest yeah. that whoever our frontline uh, fighter is, you know, catfolk barbarian, you probably want con because that also determines hit points. So being oh, yeah. able to take a beating is probably a very good idea. I've got basically, yeah. Well, I could get my con up to a sixteen if I drop my strength to a sixteen, but also barbarian hit hard. Barbarian hit hard. <laughs> they also get a lot of like, HP from rage. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my uh, without going into all the fine details, my final uh, ability score spread will be 18, 14, 8, 12, 10, 14. So 18 strength, 14 con, 8 wisdom, 12 dex, 10 int, and 14 charisma. Apparently, until it, well, I don't have any super high stats. I haven't figured out what would be best for a detective right now. I'd have to go or back an to in that. class. Yeah, yeah, intelligence and charisma, I would imagine. Yeah, intelligence and wisdom because perception. Uh, okay. Perception is wisdom based. Okay. Well, I am definitely. I'm. I'm. I'm at to do some. Uh, some finagling here because by default before I actually start doing stuff. Well, when I was going through the first four things, it looks like my wisdom was eight. So I better boof that up a little bit. You probably will be making a ton of perception rolls. And that's wisdom. Yes. Yeah. By the way, for those who have not played Pathfinder before, congratulations. Perception is the most rolled skill Almost every encounter is going to start with a perception check. Almost every encounter is going to end with a perception check to see if you can find where the loot is hidden. Um, So expect to be rolling perception a lot. And if we have a perception monkey within the group to where we've got one person who rolls it really, really well, that's going to serve us as a group very well. Yeah. Perception is uh, uh, initiative in this system by default, unless you have a reason to be rolling like stealth or something so yes dan backslide is probably going to be using his stealth skill as his initiative as he hides and works his way around to stabity stabity backpack but for the rest of us it's can we see it coming (laughs) don't look like i have anything over 14 right now 
But I, my wisdom ability has a negative uh, ancestry. Of course, I, can, I think I can switch that around. I kind of want to see which of the goblin um, heritages you went with, because there's a couple of good ones in there. I have, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to finagle this here. Okay. Well, well I haven't, I haven't went, got that far in the sheet yet. It looks like I just got the ability boost, and then we're going to do the skill training. Have you already done all this stuff, guys? I haven't, Bill. Uh, I have picked I, two out of my three. So for, um, what's the T-E-M-L mean? So that is trained, expert, master, or legendary. And so as you increase your proficiency level, you gain additional bonuses. So trained is a, a plus two, expert is a plus four, master is a plus uh, six, legendary is a plus eight. And then you add your ability score and your level and then any items you might have. So for remaining skills for the four, I'm guessing you just pick four to be trained in? Yes. Yep, you start by picking trained. And some skills have uh, stuff you have to be trained in to do. I'm a real skill monkey over here. I am, I was going to say, Joe is going to be getting a ton of skills and a ton of skill feats. Um, Joe is also going to be the one that is going to have, in the end, probably more than one at legendary. Because as we play yeah. and as we level up, we get additional skill Additional points in proficiency to drop in. Joe, you are going to get the most as we play. So by the end of it, you're going to have probably multiple legendaries, which there are some skill abilities that you only get once they are legendary. So like uh, for stealth, you'll basically be able to hide in plain sight or just meld with a shadow. Non-magically, because you're just that sneaky when we hit that point and it's, it's actually kind of a fun thing i think intimidation has one that's like scared to death it is Help, give me some advice here. i i'm looking for my detective it looks like i took i thought intimidation and diplomacy would be good what else would work good with a detective i've got three points to burn here um, so, performance cultism. any and all lores yeah. Because the more lores you've got points in, the more you can just basically drop the knowledge on us. I've already got plus four in it. Consider society, probably. Um, yes, society is a very good one. That's the I know my way around nobles. Mm -hmm. Thievery. Um, thievery would be good. Are you a city goblin or are you a country goblin? <laughs> Oh God, that's a that's a good question here. I, because I that's haven't... the difference between society or survival. Yeah, I went with athletics, crafting, intimidation, and performance. I do think it would be beneficial if someone took uh, medicine for the ability to do battle medicine and out of combat, like constant healing. I have medicine, sir. Uh, my fate is in your hands, Dan. Backslide. <laughs> Don't worry, I have a variety of snake oil, salves, poultices, and plasters to apply to your rotting corpse. I mean, mildly injured that's, body. That's fine, you can rub them behind my ears, but if I get sick of it, I'm going to claw you in the face, alright? Alright, okay. I'll smear it on your nose. <laughs> you have to lick it off. <laughs> 
cantrip stabilize and the spell heal, as well as my lovely focus spell of um, Phoenix Fire. So I, I have the magical ways to patch us up, in addition to the skill in medicine. Just, 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 just throwing it out there. I am definitely taking intimidation and stealth. Um, and I have one left. It's kind of going to feel out. Could be crafting. You could be a cat that actually makes scrapbooks. See, I went with a crap with crafting because I can make my own bullets. This is very true. I won't have to worry about saying no more bullets. If we had a if we had a fighter in the party, I would say someone needs crafting because, man, you can go through shields like crazy. Hey, Dave. Yes. One more. One more bullet. Well, what do you know? There was one bullet left. <laughs> one bullet left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, acrobatics feels appropriate. Um, yeah. Acrobatics is good for the dexterity person. I would recommend at least a couple of people have points in athletics, because that's climbing, swimming, and... Um, oh, that's climbing. Yeah. If you want to be a second story man, that's how you be a second story man. I mean, Dan Backslide is very... Uh, versatile in his criminality and you know if you wanted to be a burglar mr barbarian i seem to have athletics by already either through my uh class or background or ancestry one of them mm-hmm. so got that going if you'll for notice, me. yeah there's uh several different skill trainings on all of our characters at level one because we do have some from background, some from uh, character class automatically. And once you have picked your heritage, um, that also does it. Speaking of heritage, are y'all about ready to move on to that one here? I believe so. I, I want to run down my skills so that everybody listening knows how cool Dan Backslide is. Please tell us about Dan. Sounds good. Well, I have athletics, diplomacy, intimidation. Underworld lore, of course, medicine, occultism, performance, religion, society, stealth, and thievery. Nice. I'm a man of many talents. I'm going to go ahead and just run off my, my plus five skills here. I do have several with it, but I have uh, deception, diplomacy, intimidation, survival, and thievery. Well, I have acrobatics, athletics, intimidation, lore, gladiatorial, performance, and stealth, and that's it. I was elected to kill, not to still. Skill. Five. <laughs> Are you not interested? Kill, not skill. <laughs> yeah, I went with athletics, crafting, intimidation, and performance. So, Should I need to make some quick cash, I can just wild build this ship, or buffalo build this ship. Any so of this ship, whatever. Any uh, and whatever. all of the above. Um, I've got Arcana, Deception, Diplomacy, uh, Lore Kitsune, Lore Labor, um, Medicine, Nature, Occultism, Society, and Stealth. But the reason why I've got extras is because I picked a certain Ancestry feat that gave me Kitsune Lore. Nice. Hey, so I have a question about Ancestry feet. Oh, you know what? It's fine. We can wait till we get there. Okay. We still gotta do hair. So... Speaking of ancestry, it looks really cool. I'm looking at the heritage right now on mine, though. And I see what David was talking about. So uh, as a goblin, I have Charhide Goblin, 
which apparently is uh, the fire goblins of some sort or, you know, elements of it. There's the iron gut ones, which are, they can eat most food that people would consider spoiled. I'm kind of finicky about that, so that turns my uh, attention away from that. Razor tooth, which sounds really interesting. Your family's teeth are formidable weapons, and your jaw, your you gain a jaws unarmed attack that deals one d six piercing. Yes, those are really jawsome. <laughs> Snow goblin, which is what it says with some environmental. There's a tailed goblin, a treadwater, a treadwater goblin, which is uh, the foresty one, and the unbreakable goblin. You bounce back from injuries due to an exceptional thick skull. Oh, my God. And they're bouncy. Yeah, bouncy. I cannot decide between Razortooth and then Grim Noir Detective Unbreakable Goblin, who just, like, is Marv off of, uh, what the fuck was that movie? Sin City. Sin City, yeah. So each of those kind of has a a lovely flavor to it because charhide goblins are the ones that dis- that are descended from the ones that were set on fire repeatedly and they're just hard to burn the um unbreakable goblins are the ones that have bounced so many times because they've been knocked out of trees um all of the different goblin ancestries are just fun mm-hmm. god this is so good i think uh you know what? I really like the idea of. Um, I, I don't know. Razor tooth just sounds pretty badass, don't it? Kind of yeah. does, but here's the thought: um, Do you think you are going to be falling from great height more often, or do you think that you are going to be taking a bite out of crime more often? <laughs> Ooh, I will. I will go the McGruff route, sir. Thank you. Uh, how's everybody else's heritage working out here? Well, um, I didn't. So, you go ahead. I was going to say it might end up being Team Feral over here because I am heavily leaning towards as much as like uh, nine lives would be good uh, to not go to dying two if I get crit. Um, Claude Cadfolk get one d six unarmed attack. Maybe uh, start multi-classing into monk or martial artist later on. Ooh. So, one of us clawing, one of us biting. I like that. Yeah. Shoot the nail. We're a tag team. Yeah, that's our, that's our team name. I love it. <laughs> since, your, um, since your natural weapons are finesse weapons, uh, you can use your claws for your sneak attack. Actually, wait, that would be a Dan Backslide thing. Um, you could actually power attack with your claws, too. So you don't actually have to lead into... Spoiler alert. Uh, maybe we lean into the animal instinct. Ooh. I agree. Yeah. Well, that tells me which way I'm going to lean for mine. So one of the lovely things about Kitsune is that you've got a um, halfway form, so the Foxman form. That's your default. But I get to switch between that and whichever background feed I go with. Because of that, I'm going to go with Earthly Wilds, which lets me turn into an actual fox, as opposed to a totally human. We are Team Feral. This is great. Team Feral it is. Mm -hmm. And one normal guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm the I'm the front man for this squad. You're the ringleader <laughs> of this zoo. Yeah. Mr. Barnum, why don't you introduce us to the <laughs> Well uh yeah, I went with the skilled heritage, so I have even more skills. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. And for ancestry, I don't know if we've gotten that far. Uh, I yet. went with no okay. Well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna cool it. I'm gonna cool uh, it. So for my heritage, I went with the most Aaron heritage there is for the Feshling. Excellent. What? Excellent. Your ancestors? Oh no. Well, kind of. Uh, <laughs> resolute. Your ancestors have long dealt with the horrific in the shadow plane or elsewhere, and you bear their mental fortitude. <laughs> Uh, when you roll a success on a saving throw against an emotion effect, you get a critical success instead. So that's pretty cool. All right. Now, Ancestor. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, so question. There's like a bunch of... Oh, I guess they could, they, if it says one next to it, then I can click it. Those are the ones that I can take at level one. Is that how this works? So yeah, at the Ancestry feed, basically when you click on it, it has a bunch of them that you can take at level one. But you'll notice that there's a bunch of them that also are marked so that you know what you can get later. Like, I've got some that are marked at level 1, some that are level 5, some that are level 9, 13, 17. What are the, little, what are the symbols next to them mean? Um, like the little diamonds? Yeah. Okay, so one of the lovely things about Pathfinder 2nd Ed is that there is an action economy to it. So... Some things you basically you get three actions per turn. Uh, one of them is generally move, but then you can take other um, actions depending. So the number of diamonds is how many action points it takes to use the thing. So for instance, one of mine is cannibalized magic that I can't take until level thirteen. But once I take it, it takes two actions. But once I do it, uh, once a day, I can just basically absorb a spell. That's cast at me. Nice. Yeah. Now, if really it's got a little, it's got the little uh, boomerang-shaped arrow. That means that it's a reaction. So, if a thing happens, then you get to react by doing the thing. Hmm. Also, at level thirteen, I can cannibalize magic. Yep. That's another one that you can pick. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with shrouded magic because it means I get to choose one cantrip from the occult spells. Ooh. Oh, Team Tooth and Nail here has been discussing things. I see the option of picking Ancestry Feet Fang Sharpener. And if that goes for the Iron Gut and the Razor Tooth Heritage Goblins. And it looks like you're unarmed. With this, your unarmed jaws attacks deals 1d8 piercing damage and loses the finesse trait. Whenever you score a critical hit, your, your jaws unarmed attack. Your target takes persistent bleed. That sounds interesting. Persistent bleed can suck. Yes, that's that's d- damage over time. Yeah, persistent damage in general can be pretty awesome, provided your GM doesn't roll like Jesus against the flat checks, which mine did. For oh, I don't know, an entire campaign. I'm not mad. Since <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about it every day at all. No. To be fair, that's kind of why I picked up the um, stabilized cantrip because it's like, all right, um, looks like Ethan's bleeding, and now he's not. Yeah, 
are we liking this? We're on uh, we're on the ancestry feet, yes. Yes, sir. yes, yes. Well, I am looking at one I will most certainly go with. One that's tempting just because it's well, cat folk dance. You have habit of always being in the way when another creature attempts to move. So essentially, when they try to move, I like weave around their shoes, more or less, and they almost trip over me, and they're like, "God oh, damn it, get out of the way!" Uh, <laughs> which I mean, if if you critically succeed the acrobatics check, the target is flat-footed, which is great for our rogue here. Um, but cat's luck being able to reroll a uh, failed reflex save just seems. Pretty great. That does sound good. So, Dan, are you taking that same feat? Dan Backslide? Oh, Dan Backslide is taking the general training feat, which allows me to take the lie to me feat. So when someone is telling me a lie, I know. General, uh, free general feat at level one. Real good. Yes. And mine was, uh, Kitsune lore. Um, that means that I excel at navigating social situations and keeping secrets. Uh, that's how I am trained in diplomacy and deception. And if I would automatically become trained in one of those from my background, I instead become trained in a skill of my choice. Um, having extra liars and having extra diplomat, always a good idea. So that's kind of why I lean towards that one. It was either that or else I go for... Um, Foxfire, which lets me slap an extra firebolt from my tail, which I don't need. Mm-hmm. Retractable claws. I've already got jaws. So for Team Feral, yay. Or I could pick up um, a few extra magic tricks, but I think I've got enough magic already. I don't need to pick up um, Days or Forbidding Ward or Ghost Sound. So okay. I think we're good there. So extra lore good. Okay. So... Is that it? Are we moving on to class feet? I believe so. Uh, things get juicy. I'm going to click this. So, ooh. So it looks like class, dedication, archetypes, all feats. So I guess class is the safe one to kind of be brand, uh, browsing through. Also seems like it's also dependent on level, so it's pretty easy to pick through. I do love how streamlined this is. Isn't it great? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't pick anything on that because mine is already pre-selected. Mine is issue materials. I don't have to have those really finicky magical components. I just cast it. David, for the record, I don't tend to care too much about material components for magic. If that helps me. Well, I I don't actually get to pick the feed. It's picked for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. Adam, there's, there's a literal that I can take called Sword and Pistol. <laughs> I do like that. Nice. Yeah. I want, I want to bring this to the table. I want to tell you the two that stick out to me. First one's an obvious one. Your work as an investigator makes you familiar with the criminal element. Uh, you might be a criminal yourself, or you might have gained an understanding of how they operate from the outside. You become trained to the underworld lore, and you gained uh, you gain your pursue a lead circumstance bonus to thievery checks to investigate a subject of your lead. I mean, that sounds great. I like that. Now, Team Feral part of me also likes to take down expert. 
You've mastered combat practice that lets you bring, uh, get up close and bring perpetrators alive. You use your intelligence modifier on attack rolls. Uh, when you devise a stratagem, if you're using a weapon or club or one hand or teeth, uh, in addition to uh, usual weapons. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of leaning more toward Underworld Investigator, but what do you think? I think they're all pretty cool. I mean, Underworld Investigator, I'm in, I'm in favor of. This is this sounds like we're moving towards sort of a, a leverage situation. Maybe that did kind of. I kind of feels that way. Yeah. Why Why is Dan Backside in this in this group? Well, I'll tell you. The secret is in a sealed envelope. <laughs> yes. That's why. <laughs> Very much so. My class feat is just your next. Nice. Good feat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After downing a foe, I menacing, menacingly remind another foe that I'm coming for them next. And to, plus two intimidated check. He can just break some dude's leg and be like, I'm like, coming for you next, Tubby. Yeah. He may not be You're up next, me. Chief. In- yes. Intimidated is like the best condition to inflict because it basically lowers everything by one or two, depending on if you crit or not. Like AC good. to hit saves skills, basically everything. Which is why I'm kind of looking at raging intimidation, which would let me um, use demoralize, which is the the skill action to inflict in, uh, intimidated while I'm raging, which normally I couldn't. But sudden charge for two actions, I could I could move twice and attack. So Thanks. like. That for the action economy, that is like huge. Mm, but also, like when that. I meet the requirements, I would automatically, if I take raging intimidation, which I could later on, still, as soon as I meet the re- the prerequisites for the skill feats, intimidating glare and scare to death, I get them immediately. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I know that is cool, but sudden charge, I think, is too efficient to ignore and i can always come back and get raging intimidation later this is true plus if joe's over there like shanking people and pointing to them (laughs) good synergy (laughs) (laughs) you're next suddenly cat (laughs) right like i'm not scared the rogue's all the way over there a looming, oh. looming shadow of like a panther behind him. <laughs> okay. So I think methodology. Or nice. Or did you get your class feed, Aaron? Uh, I'm going with blast lock. What is uh, it for the kids at home? Uh, sometimes taking the shortest distance between the two points involves removing an obstacle or two. You shoot your firearm at a lock within ten. Make an attack roll against the DC required to pick the lock. On a critical success, I open the lock, or I achieved uh, two successes towards opening a complex lock. On a regular success, I open the lock, or you uh, or achieve one success. So basically, I can uh, pick a lock with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> pick, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> I can uh, o- open a lock with a gun. Yeah. Yeah, there you close go. enough. 
Gosh, I'm, I'm digging methodology, methodology, and I think I've got a name. I'm going to have to break my, this year's uh, tradition. I've been using a combination of looking up country music singer names because, Ethan, this year, my goal is to name most of my uh, or all my characters after country western musicians. So, you know, that's what I'm going with. But goblins have one single name, and I'm having trouble finding uh, thinking of a good country name that could be a goblin name. All right, so I'm getting ahead of myself. So my options for my my uh, methodology is alchemical sciences, so CSI stuff, imperialism, empiricism, not imperialism. Yes, I will conquer. <laughs> That's an interesting investigator you got there, planting flags all over the place. Secret police over here. Like. <laughs> so that's kind of the Sherlock Holmesian kind of uh, calculating. There's a forensic medicine, and then there's interrogation. I clicked on it. It's like, people can't help but trust you, whether through your inherent likableness or your firm insistence on sticking to the truth. You have a way uh, about you that gets others talking. So I'm making Columbo, but um, my goblin name is going to be Mamumbo. Mamumbo. <laughs> Mamumbo. So I am going to... One more question. And then, yeah, I'll bite them. So I'm taking interrogation methodology. Gentlemen, what do you got? Well, mine is, uh, rather than a methodology, uh, is an instinct. We barbarians not known for our intellect and our, you know, methodical carefulness. So uh, instinct, I'm uh, thinking we're going to go with animal instinct. Even though fury instinct would give me that, uh, that additional level one feet to get the intimidate thing. Animal instinct feels thematic, and then naturally the animal will be cat for that mm -hmm. sweet, sweet unarmed jaw attack. I already have the claws, but it just works. Is it wrong of me that I am already picturing you face biting somebody after you've sunk claws? That this is going uh, to I frankly would be disappointed if you weren't. <laughs> uh, so I just I'm gonna butt in here for just a second. I'm looking uh -oh. at weapons because, you know, it's what I do. There's a weapon called a dog slicer. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, Would you like for me to explain what a dog slicer is? Yeah, explain. I've read the description, but re read, uh, read it for the, uh, the kids at home. <laughs> well, to <laughs> put it as gently as I can, goblins in Pathfinder really dislike both dogs and horses. Um. So goblins will basically take a hunk of metal, uh, make it into a really, really big, for a goblin, sword, and then they will cut out holes in the middle of it to make it swing faster. So that's a goblin weapon right there. Um, they are, to anybody who is not a goblin, it is essentially a dagger that breaks if you roll a natural one because it's a skeletonized dagger. It's got a great big hole in the middle of it. If you're a goblin, it's a short sword that will break if you roll a natural one, because it's got a great big hole in the middle of it. Goblins are not exactly <laughs> known for their craftsmanship. <laughs> um, there's also the horse chopper, which is the larger variation of that. Still a goblin weapon, and it still does the same thing. But instead of it being dagger-sized, it's more short-sword-sized. Great for chopping horses. I knew I liked toppings for some reason. 
if you are a goblin, yes, it's great for chopping horses. If you're not a goblin, it's like, why the hell did they take a perfectly good sword blade and chop out the middle of it like that? <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait to share all this stuff. So what what were you thinking about? Whereas I had methodology. What, is it, what do you have, David? Um, as far as where we at again, like skill feet. Okay. So, so for me, class feet is already locked. That's the issue materials. Okay. So if the spell has a material component to it that costs money, I ignore it um, up to a point. Like as long as it's a cheap item, I don't have to have it. So that's part of the difference between the way that wizards cast spells versus the way that sorcerers cast spells, because a sorcerer just knows it innately and can cast their spells a number of times per day, whereas wizards have to, every morning, wake up, study a book, Mm -hmm. and then they get their spells per day. So because of that, wizards get to scribe scrolls so that they can write down their spells for later, and I can forget the materials involved in that because I don't need bad guano to make the room burn up. I can just burn the room. <laughs> okay. I think I don't know if there's really a um a term for what we're selecting right now, but I guess subclass would essentially be more or less for Joe it would probably be racket. For me it's instinct. Uh I think for David it would be bloodline, yeah. which I suppose yep. has already yeah. been probably kind of talked about, but a little yeah, bit. I've got gunslinger's way scoundrel scoundrel racket and for those who are not familiar with the way that uh bloodlines work basically somewhere in my ancestry one of these magical creatures was involved in my heritage so in my case um somewhere in my history i was blessed by a phoenix uh which allows me to have First off, spell list is primal instead of arcane. And every time that I gain spells, there's a certain one that I get that's bloodline specific. Okay. That's kind of how I get to heal y'all. Uh, my yeah. So my innate one that is just going to level up as I level up is called Regenerating Flames. Or, sorry, Rejuvenating Flames. Uh, basically, I create a 15-foot cone of fire that hurts the bad guys and heals the good guys. Is it flat healing or is it uh, fast healing? Um, fast healing. So basically fast what healing. happens is so I hold up my hand, I throw out a bolt of fire, like a cone of fire, actually. And if you're my friends, you heal uh, D4s worth of hit points. And if there's enemies, they take d4's worth of burning and as i level up it gets better and better so yeah it's just d4's worth of instant heal yeah fast fast healing basically what is it it kicks in like on your turn like whoever has the fast healing it kicks in on like it would kick in on my turn over and over right oh no it's just it's a flat i'm sorry didn't mean to make it sound better i can pick up spells later that have the uh fast heals like i can pick up regens later yeah i don't think uh, any of us are going to be looking at a uh heal fox in the mouth so yeah no the the lovely thing is that where is it so on my just general spell list not my focus ones um i've already got um access to the straight up heal spell mm-hmm 
So if I spend just one action, it's a touch spell. Um, I can actually turn it into a area spell, though, if I spend all three actions. So basically a 30-foot circle. So everything that's within 30 feet of me would heal by D8's worth. Okay. Is I think this is about it, isn't it? Like, is there, it looks like we're at the end of the build page. Side mm-hmm. of spending money, that's pretty much it. Right, yeah, well, I figure we go up to level three. Just cause oh, all right. Well, go start at level three. I only say because like level one characters seem pretty squishy. They generally are. Okay. So yeah, you're not wrong. Hmm. So I mean, hmm. is three usually where campaigns start, or I would say yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with three then. It's not as like you know, five E is uh, you know, all your good shit starts at three for half the classes in the game. Um, yeah, it's not quite as much with with uh, Pathfinder two, but gotcha. it's not. I mean, I'm I'm playing in a game that's starting soon that we start at level five. Jeez. Just depends. Gotcha. I figure level three is a good starting point. Yeah. No, I uh, I dig it because that gives y'all uh. One more class feat, another skill feat, and then one general feat, uh, and a skill increase. That one looks good for, um, this one looks good for Joe. Bon Mott. Uh, Bon Mott. Very good one. Very good stuff. The combo of, like, someone does that, lowers their will DC, someone comes in and uh, does an intimidate or a spell that incurs a will save. Great shit. Okay, I was I was at the moment I was sort of bouncing between um, fascinating performance, which I would just be like, which I imagined would just be snake oil patter, uh, or crystal healing, which I thought would be funny. <laughs> He's got one. His one piece of horseshit actually works. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know why he thinks it's bullshit. It yeah, keeps but it always seems like, to work. I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> uh, Frankly, it happened once, and I figured, why not roll with it? Yeah, yeah. It, it actually cured that one lady, so I kept doing it and it kept working. Bilk those rubes. Is it really bilking if it's true, though? Eh, who cares? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to sacrifice the, the combat efficiency for crystal healing. I'm just taking it. So yeah, I guess we just got to do level 2 and level 3 real quick. I'm not going to make y'all spend money or figure out the the economy of Pathfinder. Just, you know, take things that are ad appropriate for, for a third level. You know? Um, I will... Uh, oh, we will probably, probably do the actual uh, money spending off mic, but I will link... The uh, hell! I'll just screenshot it. The starting wealth by character level. I'll just send that to the group. Um, but for level uh, level two, my my first choice, I believe, is a skill feat. No, a class feat. Uh, and I am, uh, as previously mentioned, I think I am going to go ahead and take a dedication, which is essentially like multi-classing, except that there are more than just multi-classes available. There's a lot of yeah. really thematic stuff, like if you take martial. Or uh, 
a pirate or a Viking, um, I'm going to take martial artist because it is essentially kind of very similar to monk with uh, different requirements, but also gives you some stances yeah. pretty early on. And since I'm going with the whole unarmed attack stuff, that's going to pay off pretty big later on down the road. And a lot of the level two class feats for mm-hmm. barbarian are just kind of okay. Although no escape, being able to, as a reaction, move with a foe, not terrible, but going for the long one there. Martial artist. Uh, well, one of my obvious ones is that at level three, I now get access to signature spells, which means that some of my spells will auto-level up. I picked heal, so I can cast it at a higher level now for free. I don't have to learn it at each individual level as we go. So if I cast it as a level two, now I can heal for a lot. So that's that's a useful thing there. And um, a new spell that I hadn't seen, so it's new to the app for me, is called Helpful Steps. I can basically conjure a staircase if we need it. Yeah. Nice. That's a, that's a really dope spell. They've added a lot of really cool spells, not to get off track, but Rage of Elements. And a few other books have come out and just added some terrific stuff. I like this one, um, Cauterize Wounds. I can seal bleeding wounds with fire. Any target that has persistent bleed damage can choose to take one fire damage. And if it does, um, it can recover with from persistent bleed. So I can basically cure it with fire. I have to take that one now. See, I went with Warning Shot for my class feet. So basically, I can just fire in the air, calm everybody's shit down. For my skill feat, I went with Titan Wrestler. Uh, I can attempt to disarm, grapple, shove, or trip creatures up to two sizes larger than you, or up to three sizes larger than you. That's cool. As I've been going through this, like even before I went down to the level two, level three, I saw that it gave me a clue in. So investigative, dark vision, that's cool. Pointed question. Uh, devise a stratagem on the case, uh, pursue a lead, strategic strike, um, free feet. I get some like no cost for alarm and then some streetwise stuff, which is really cool. Cause I mean, to be frank with you, I was a little bit disappointed with my character when I started out because being a goblin, I take an automatic hit to wisdom, but I need wisdom. So I, I don't have a stat higher than 14 at the moment. But I I feel like it's kind of bouncing out. So for my level two feet, I get the class feet of that's odd. You enter a new location such as room or corner, the GM, uh, you immediately notice the thing is out of the ordinary. And then GM can kind of pick that. And uh, I also took Titan Wrestler, but it's a little bit more of a must have for me, Aaron, because I'm a wee <laughs> little feller. <laughs> and then. Oh, this is where it gets fun here. So after level three, after the skill increase, I took the uh, canny acumen uh, feat, which is you avoid uh, your avoidance of observation is beyond keen for most of your profession. Uh, So basically it gives me like a reflex save kind of bonus. It looks like that is a great feat and you can retrain out of it. If you later on like surpass your, um, the way that feat caps you out if you would go higher than that. So it's a really good feat, especially if you wanted to like shore up your, uh, you know, subpar 
wisdom by picking uh, perception. You can pick perception or any of your save. Yeah. Oh, God. I hear about what I'm really happy with, Ethan. Skillful lessing. I took folk dowsing. You find whatever you're looking for using a dowsing rod or a pendulum. <laughs> <laughs> so that just seemed so fun to me. And uh, yeah, I, that, oh, that's, that's my character. I, I walk around with a stick <laughs> and <laughs> detect stuff. So there's a few things for skill feet that I'm, you know, uh, dubious knowledge is always hilarious because if you fail at a recall knowledge check, you gain a bit of, the GM tells you a, a true something true and something false, and you don't know which is which. Mm-hmm. But uh, assurance is very tempting here because something you run into a lot is uh, the multi-attack penalty or what to do with your third action. And so if I were to take assurance and pick athletics, then normally if I make, say, two attacks and then would go to try and trip someone, it would be at like a minus 10. Here it would be a flat um, 10 plus proficiency bonus. So the result isn't always super high. And if that creature has a, you know, whatever I'm doing it against has a, a DC higher than my assurance, it'll never work. But it ignores all penalties, bonuses, or modifiers, which includes the multi-attack penalty. So I could just assurance trip. Nice. It's also really good if you go down the medicine skill line because you can auto succeed at the battle medicine um, DZ at a certain point without having to roll at all. But uh, in this case, I think assurance athletics is where I'm at for that. Mm-hmm. Catfall was tempting just for thematics. Joe, how did Dan backslide do? Well, Dan, of course, has picked the Scoundrel Racket um, for his level 2 class feat, Underhanded Assault, capitalized on the distraction provided by an ally. Sneak up to a foe adjacent to one of your allies. Roll against foes sneaking, you're sneaking up on, even if it's currently observing you as though you're hidden. Uh, minus 2 penalty stealth. If you succeed, you can make a melee strike against them at the end of your sneak, which is cool. I picked Bon Mott uh, as the skill feat uh, for the second level, which uh, allows you to distract them, basically, in combat. Um, For third, I decided that probably no cause for alarm would be useful, depending on the hijinks we get up to. Uh, You attempt to reduce a panic. uh, Oh, shit. Joe, I also have no all right, we can we can double down double down on no cause for alarm. <laughs> yeah, I get it for free because of my uh my heritage. I like it. Yeah, diplomacy check comparing it to the will DC of creatures ten foot emanation. What ten foot radius around you who are frightened? Each of them is temporarily immune for an hour. Uh, crit reduce it by two. Success reduce it by one. And the skill feat. Uh, yeah, skill feat is subtle theft. Uh, when you successfully steal something, observers take a minus two circumstance penalty to their attempt to detect it. So yeah, I'm I'm squared away. I'm looking at my general feat, and there's some, there's always some really good stuff in general. There's uh, I've got die hard. I would die at dying five rather than four. Toughness. 
Nice. The DC of my recovery checks if I uh, oh increase your maximum hit points by your level. You know, good stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's also fleet increase my movement speed by five. Um, ancestral paragon pick a first level ancestry feat, and I'm kind of honestly kind of leaning towards fleet because I took a sudden charge so I move twice so that means an extra 10 feet of movement every time I use that that two action ability very useful so probably and toughness would pay off a little bit more at later levels I think I'm going to go with fleet and that I believe is uh, mine I increased my athletics on account of taking assurance athletics so I'm an expert at athletics. And that is my uh, build up to level three uh, before I factor in gear. Yeah, I took uh, acrobatics for my skill increase and uh, ride for my team. So I can ride into town with my pistols at my side. <laughs> a whooping and a whopping? We get it. Exactly. <laughs> Pull a number six. Wait. No, never mind. I just remembered part of what's involved in number six. People stampeded, cattle raped. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I think uh, we'll probably end up just doing the the gear stuff off mic. I think that's reasonable. Nobody loves a a shopping session. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, this is not critical role if we go shopping on, on air may not be quite the same. We are definitely as skilled improvisers and comedians as the folks on Critical Role. <laughs> yes. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a blast. I uh, want to go ahead and thank Ethan. It's been a long time and definitely enjoyed having you here with us. Ethan, why don't you take a moment? Do you have any pluggables? You mentioned a podcast beforehand. Uh, yes. Um, if you... Uh... If you like the sound of listening to people play Pathfinder 2, well, you're in luck. Uh, you should listen to the Adventures Vault, where we almost exclusively play Pathfinder 2. Uh, we've done two campaigns. I uh, got some more in the works. Uh, got a new new uh, game starting up soon. Going to be playing some uh, little small side game of Traveler. We're going to be starting a new uh, medium-length campaign in Pathfinder 2 where we all play uh, orcs, goblins, kobolds, or gnolls, uh, some variation of those sorts of uh, ancestries. It's going to be pretty cool. So we are on, I cannot stress this enough, anywhere you find podcasts or audio content, up to and, in, and including audible.com and the Board Game Geek website. Ooh, that's cool. So... Yeah, don't know how, but we're there. <laughs> Amazon. If they clicked Amazon, I guess Audible got a hold of it, possibly. Rob, that would make a lot of sense. Well, I'm glad that you could jump in here with. Uh, anybody else got anything they want to plug before we uh, go ahead and say adieu? I think we're good. Awesome. Or at least I don't have anything. Okay. Well. I just want to take a moment to thank you. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you've received this four months in advance. So thank you so much for your continued patronage. Uh, We were able to take some of those sweet Patreon funds and buy Indian food up at Gen Con. And Joe, Jeremy, and I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you so much, folks. 
And if you would like to, uh, is it, you're listening to us on the main feed. Uh, this is uh, four months into the future then. And you can find more of Real Point Exchange at www.realpointexchange.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Exchange. And finally, we're on Twitter, which is X, but I refuse to call it that because that's fucking stupid. And uh, it is at RP Exchange. And uh, yeah. If you like this, please check out our Patreon. Help us keep these hosts and bills at bay. And it's patreon.com slash the real point exchange. Well, once again, thank you all so much for showing up. And until next time, we'll see you all later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.